Hello. Oh, there we go. Is everything okay? Can you hear me good? Yeah. Yeah, you sound great. Good. Uh, I'm here today with... <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you agreed to come back on. It's been a while. Oh, yeah. It's been, I think, five months, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a while. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm joined here today with Katarina, um, Katarina, comrade in Brazil. She uh, is on today to talk about a subject I know very little about: uh, military theory. Yes, we can. Uh, uh, you want I'm also? I'm I'm not the best source. Uh, um, but no, that 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 that's fine. We're we're all we're all learning together. You know. Could you maybe start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? It's been a long time since the last episode you were on. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Katarina <coughs> Lena. 19 years old. I'm from Brazil. I'm a member of the Brazilian Communist Party, PCB. Uh, and that's kind of it. Uh, are, are you still in school? <clears throat> oh, gladly. Glad, well, I, I, I'm. I'm. Uh, I recently got accepted into the into the what? Uh, the University of. Okay. Oh, to study what? Sorry. Uh, uh, I don't. Know, sorry, my my headphone cut out. Uh, Excellent. It, it, how how different is the um, uh, political science in Brazil compared to the United States? Do you know? Oh, I'm not. But I think uh, 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 in the United States, probably a lot more on how government works. Sure. Uh, uh, but that's what I've heard. Uh, in Brazil, it, it has the Constitution and laws focused on how to understand uh, how things go through Congress, how things uh, what the president can and can't do, how you can pull things across with the people to, to uh, uh, direct into a uh, political career attention but it's something uh, i'm really interested in knowing mm-hmm. well you, uh, you want to get you want to get started yeah sure let's do it. uh, uh so I, exactly I guess to get started is... go ahead i'm just going to ask what exactly is military theory and how'd you get interested in it military theory uh is to understand uh, how it comes about, how it's conducted. Uh, personally, the most important theory uh, since century is Carl von Klopp. 
uh, which is his books are not exactly, but you can find uh, his most well-known arguments in English. You just look it up on. Uh, uh, I also think I have it in my Google Docs and TikTok. To check that out, got updated as well. Uh, which people can look for. But military theory is really about uh, what and how to conduct it. Uh, I think Clausewitz uh, describes it's initial steps greatly. Uh, he describes match between two people. Mm -hmm. Your intention is always make him submit to your will. He, he just doesn't uh, put any. He, he does. He's not a spoonful of sugar makes the 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 medicine go. You know, he just, just throws the medicine in your mouth and says, "Take it, come on." Yep, yep. Uh, and I think, especially talking about more more of military. I think it's really important in many aspects. Well, for, first of all, talking about uh, if you're in Marxism, uh, especially when, when you read Lenin, a lot of terms he didn't make up or were the political uh, vocabulary. Okay. Lenin used a lot of words from I don't know exactly how these words in Portuguese, but things like power and strategy and tactics, military fury that Lenin incorporated into politics. And, and that's a uh, uh, think about when we're talking about uh, class struggle. When we say class struggle, we don't just struggle for granted. Uh, yeah. We are actually meeting fight between classes, and I think I actually mm -hmm. the term of class warfare than class are completely what the political situation because it's an actual battle for um, dominance. Exactly, uh, uh, and uh, I was thinking, especially. Okay. Uh, and it's something well, that is what well, that's what was told to me uh, taught me to studying military theory uh, we actually need not only works but if our this to conduct a revolution then military theory because revolutions oh uh, uh, somebody may go, uh, I don't remember her name, a woman went on TED, TED talk, talking about how uh, peaceful revolution uh, but there's a great disparity uh, the revolution sorry, I think uh, oh, yeah. Uh, but the revolution uh, it may be peaceful at a certain process. For example, the Russian Revolution. The Russian Revolution, in the day of the revolution, 
that's not like a revolution. That's a peaceful revolution. Mm-hmm. Right after the Russian Revolution. Same thing with India. Of Indian things. At its start, right after uh, the political struggle inside India, which still is to this day, but the conflict. So, revolution, although we may. But the start of revolution may be peaceful. Peace. Revolutionary process itself isn't peaceful. Because it brings major social changes. Mm-hmm. That is largely driven by violence. And well, let me just point out something here that people go like, oh, but you like violence. I, I really don't. <laughs> no. Person that likes violence or suffering. But I like to be what I call a. Uh, Call for a pragmatic revolution. That's what I like to call it. Mm-hmm. Dispel any uh, of what a revolution we might, you know, what a revolution might be. A revolution is those are the things we can't change it. We just have to go along. No, no, and and, and we're gonna we're, we have to react to the violence of the state as they seek to maintain their legitimacy. And we're witnessing that with um, police, uh, continued police crackdowns on dissidents or mm-hmm. the or the uh, the closing of the border and the building of concentration camps, at least, at least here in the States, along with uh, Violent actions against people protesting pipelines. I mean, we're witnessing the violence of the state, and and those among the among the uh, reactionary right. You know, so we have to expect violence. We don't have to enjoy it, but we have to expect it. I was going to talk uh, uh, about what the state. Uh, we also have to realize that when violence isn't going to end in state or at the end of the state, mm-hmm. it doesn't has it doesn't have its goal at end because the violence is the monopoly on legitimate violence. Yes, monopoly on legitimate violence different. Against the working class, we want to use it on the bourgeoisie. So uh, that reminds me of a talk I was having with two of my anarchist friends, uh, and uh, one of my the state is violence, you know. We don't want to play violence straight away. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to use violence against our enemies. On a bigger note, including that you mentioned uh, camps, uh, I also mentioned uh, to you I was going uh, a little a bit uh, a little bit about Stalin. As I said, you know Clausewitz is so going to have the medicine go down, kind of guy. Uh, a lot about the use of terror and. Uh, 
also a thing that we see a lot during the 1920s. To, it's, it's the Red Terror. It's the... And it happened? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure it did. Yes. When we take into account, uh, was there any country that was... And I mean, the United States still conducts that. Absolutely. Even of Leonard Peltier, as people actually think Leonard Peltier killed. No, he was just arrested because he was an Indian actor. Yep. That's the use of terror. That's using prisons as terror. Terror, too. We have to use terror to intimidate counter revolutionaries. Is an amazing tool. Uh, I'm trying not to get. But it's also uh, uh, something I talk. I'm talking about prison abolition. Prison abolition is great, and I think it should. Civil crimes level. However, mm -hmm. we, which are political crimes now. now Small members of counter-revolution uh, or just anti-government talking about uh, 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 aren't that big of a deal. Uh, for example, and their anti-terrorist program in Xinjiang. It's many myths. Uh, there are no concentration camps. Uyghurs in concentration camps would be more bigger population. That's not demographically. No. Um, but what in Xinjiang is terrorist organization there uh, that, by the way, supported organization of the uh, Turkestani Islamic Party. That's this. And China has been fighting for years now. And the current Central Committee is working on, on their anti-terror campaign in Xinjiang. Amnesty? To a lot of members of the Turkestan Islamic Party. Trying to de-radicalize them. And that's... By multiple Muslim countries, a majority of countries have continuously supported China. A few people haven't, like then again, what do you expect from Saudi Arabia? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the ones that aren't being educated are that are either being imprisoned or exiled, and that that with prison abolition comes because it comes to a political crime because although you know law is a political crime and, um, when we're talking about a leader I don't I personally don't support him being or just being let go I think prisons in that exist Terrorist counter revolutionary. That that is pretty much because it is still a terror. 
Yeah, and we have to recognize who our political enemies are. They're fascists, and they're uh, they're people who would destroy lives in order to make profits. These aren't just people with a difference of opinion. Those aren't our political enemies. Our political enemies are causing violence and hurting others. As Michael Parenti quote said. You- Right after the revolution, go. Are there going to be civil? Oh no, the fascists are going to prison. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What makes what makes? Yeah. Why do why do we grant clemency to people that want us all dead? Uh, and, and that's actually uh, uh, something that uh, uh, it, on war, which. <laughs> that special moment really hit me a lot. But he basically turns and says, you know, no clemency in war. Showing enemy is weakening your own position. I don't think, but I also don't completely dis. Uh, I think on a, mo- on a more general on a more general term, if you let up uh, as a show of mercy, it, it really in war. But if we're talking about the uh, People's Liberation Army, if I had mercy towards Japanese, uh, they were well-fed, torture, were prohibited, well, execution was as it wasn't a high official in the Japanese Imperial Army. Mm-hmm. As a common soldier, he couldn't be executed, tortured, and instead what they did to them, assistance to these Japanese, actually contributed a lot to the growth of World War II. A lot of them learning from the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, I mean, our, our goal uh, is rehabilitation. You know, we're, it doesn't do us any good. Our, it doesn't do us any good to persecute people forced into a situation that they had no choice over when they're there among the working class. They're not the enemy, even if they're fighting against us. In the long run, we have to actually convert those people. And actually, uh, uh, Hinging um, exactly what you said, you know, Vernon. Uh, there, there is a point that press, uh, uh, together with other Marxists, it's kind of hard to take. I, I, I took a long time to, but I see, see it as completely true. Have comrades in the military, comrades within the military. Oh, absolutely. In, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Military is a tool of repression, not only in but externally repressing in the, the, the dominance of the U.S. empire. We have to remember that those sent in, they are not the bourgeois, are the proletariat. And yeah, they're 
when they go in there and they see that's happening, the horrid shit that the United States countries, they don't want to be there. Absolutely uh, not. You, no. The, 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 the empathy and the morals are beaten out of them until they, until they fall in line. I don't, I don't think it's... I think I think the, only, think it's the only case... In the case of, uh, or as the United States government likes to call them, we're just yeah. mercenaries. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We can open an exception and say, no, you're, you're a lot of money uh, to kill people, and that's because you're... it's not like you had, an, uh, it's not like you, you just decided to be a prick. That was your choice. Fully, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, um, exactly. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see the, um, I don't see any contradiction in supporting soldiers while still, um, while still decrying the uh, military and U.S. imperialism. You don't have to, yeah. You don't have to support both. Mainly because a lot of the soldiers all. The U.S. military and U.S. imperialism, yeah, also uh, has a, a really uh, in military strategy. When we're thinking about the common soldiers, the U.S. Army is instruct as a, a, a we need to recognize them. Takes army as an institution or have. Our own institution provide us huge tactical insights for mm-hmm. uh, uh, a certain city. Let's suppose Rochester in New York. Uh, but let's suppose there's a military, and uh, you have like around two cars in that military base. That is a tactical insight within. Mm-hmm. Oh, they can know where the arsenal is. Yep. When guards are stationed at certain times, is that which they are, which they are the, on the military installation, which they it's almost. It's not so access uh, to arms as. Intelligence. This is a common tactic of um, the IRA. Uh, they, yeah, they would have, exactly. They would have informants on the inside, you know, and and be able to plot out uh, certain commanders' routines. And it's 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 much more uh, like, you know, I mean, the the far right fascists have fully infiltrated. Every police department, you know, and, and and it's working. It's working fully for them. Yeah, that that way they can guarantee uh, inside political movements. Not arrested, they can ensure there's going to be against their protests. Well, mm-hmm. Like call far right uh, actions. Wait, how? <laughs> uh, tantrums. Yeah, tantrums. Uh, uh, 
that, that, that just reminded me of it, it's it, 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 topic but it's it's a it's a funny aside in 1945 uh, in sao paulo there is this as i said it's basically uh <clears throat> where the 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 seat of the catholic church in brazil is uh, the fascist party back then uh it wasn't. It was a an integrity. Uh, uh, they went down to do it, and then the local communists, a whole bunch of guns, went, and we still to this day call the green chickens because they used to wear green coat. So to this day, we call the battle as the flight of the green chick. Oh, that's fantastic! But anyway. Just, yeah, just a little. <clears throat> uh, we have to also consider because I think a lot of times with liberal, we get uh, a little. We, we feel that you know there are against us. Uh, is that when the Bolshevik Party? Uh, it was trying to build up. Uh, an Okama agent managed to and reached inside the Central Committee of the Bolshevik Party. After he was elected, in a meeting, they arrested of the Central Committee of the Bolshevik If you understand the structure of a Marxist-Leninist Damaging that is. That's basically cutting off. That's, the Central Committee is the most. Every single uh, uh, cell. So we have to be aware of that. Mm -hmm. Intelligence. To know. Who is who. You know, and. Uh, uh, largely. Uh, but the least, no. We need, you know, we, we need to understand the protection. How much it's needed when we're, pro mm -hmm. because especially because it's really common. Show up on social media, you know, especially among anarchist circles. Bolsonaro is a no kind of shit, and then they end up inviting this, and he just, especially with. I don't, I don't mean to offend black black guy. Uh, when you're going out and breaking a whole lot of shit, you always gotta watch out for people who are just sitting back and going, that shit up, because sometimes they can have a hidden cat. That can be an undercover cop just catching you doing yeah. a crime. There was a yeah. protest in, in Rio de Janeiro. And there was that exact situation. Guys, breaking open a store. And there was just this guy. Yeah, break shit up, you know. No luck. And he was. That could be a hidden camera, and it ended yeah. up that over. Oh, charges. 
You said seven? Huh? You said seven people were charged with that? No, no, over 70. Over. Jeez. Yikes. We need to be wary of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and to a point like uh, of uh, having. Uh, as Marxist Latinists, we learn early. When we're protests, we're for, we form a block. And we always have security. We we right, so security. Nobody leaves the you always gotta go with someone. Because what kinds what kinds of things that undercover um <clears throat> I guess you know, we also, you know, bringing it a little bit more back to thinking more specifically, more in general about military theory. Mm-hmm. To talk about uh, need, why, why we need, not, not actually how uh, a central and a strong military And um, uh, Stalinist Soviet Union, because uh, well, well, while we're here, <clears throat> uh, one of the first is that Stalin had no knowledge that he was a complete idiot, and if you study the basics of you can already guess that this is ridiculous. Because what a huge centralization of power and production. Uh, as Klaus of it says, at war, once we enter a state of and let up, we and each time exert more power, more force, that is why power in production is centralized around military production and around the state. Uh, and, and a lot of people said the Union didn't win with Stalin, the Soviet Union. And how the hell that enters into a little literal uh, a process of centralization of power despite its leader. Yeah. If you study the basics of military fury, you can already see it. And as you go further into uh, Stalin had an amazing I would say he with the title of best general in the Soviet Union they were both brilliant military men. But Krotsky was definitely the better man. After all, Krotsky was the commander of the Red Army. He was of the Red Army. But uh, during the Great Patriotic uh, actually proved himself to be an equal. Uh, and people actually 
how uh, uh, the German invasion and how it uh, advanced so much the near defeat to the Soviet Union. If you understand what Blitzkrieg Stalin's military thinking, uh, you can see that not true. Uh, Stalin was to retreat and great, build a great military around the Volga, where they could uh, defend and overstretch the German army. Because let's say that you can know is that literally translates, I, I don't know how it would be, uh, which would be thunder war, I guess, basically a war of thunder. A real quick war. Mm -hmm. And the thing <clears throat> that when you study Blitzkrieg, you, you understand why it's called that. Because it happens quickly. Blitzkrieg not sustain a prolonged war. Fury needs to win really that's how it went in France. Mm -hmm. week. That's how they won. Uh, of their military fury, well, it was the military that they won so quick. German military fury win that fast. Otherwise, they wouldn't win the war. And they Stalin understood for a prolonged war. Yeah, they, they couldn't prolonged war. And Stalin understood that they couldn't sustain. So what he did was put small regiments to confront the Germans at the start of the war. And they were intending to actually stop them. It wasn't really not only by, but it wasn't really the best for them to stop them. If they let the Germans reach all the way the German army would be extremely stretched. Extremely stretched. And that's when the German desperation. Uh, even in Dominique, Stalin critiquing history of the Black Legend, he puts. When he's talking about World War II. Goebbels' diary. At, at the beginning, he goes, first month of the war, he goes. However, not as fast as we predict. No, no matter, we shall defeat the Soviet Union. Uh, each month, uh, each time, less optimistic about the war up until I <laughs> since the war has started, and he just we have underestimated the Soviet Union. <laughs> you can see the sheer terror because they can't pay. The Volga was the last Soviet line of defense. I get past this. And not only on uh, uh, the more military sense of the war, but where economic state mind what it's in is how Stalin uh, moved a lot of the industry out of Ukraine, which, uh, out of the outskirts of Moscow. Because he knew the German army wouldn't get the war was over already. They had the Union 
but they wouldn't. The Urals weren't comparatively from the Volga. They could transport weapons really well. So but when you have the military industry, but which you can transport them to the front. They had a constant supply of the of aircraft, and the Germans mean overextended. The, the army wasn't supposed to be held off by the, by the Red Army. In the in the pro process of uh, all the territory they had conquered from Soviet Union had completely destroyed. The infrastructure, because that's also part of blitz. Destroy the supply, destroy everything, mass. They really damaged their own lines of supply. So the German army couldn't hold out. They that situation, and that's why towards 1940, it's this crisis where the only orders they give is attack. Attack in the Germans commander like we can't attack. We don't let's our tanks don't have any fuel. We can't get repaired. And the German Heikman <laughs> You don't have any other option, otherwise we're gonna fucking uh and that's also uh becomes this huge during the war. <clears throat> and also on Stalingrad. It, it, it was so important because it didn't have also a symbolic power, but the thing, the thing is, Stalingrad could cut off part of the German army from their line of connection because but supply lines to, to that Red army weren't exactly great. But they usually did. Was they would bring towards Moscow or Stalingrad and flow them down until they reached where the supply was needed. So that's what it was one of the most important centers in the Volga. Uh, we, we talked a lot about that. Uh, but also, you know, the whole... Think about Stalin, because it's something I want to talk about, you know, especially dispelling some myths. Uh, because yeah, no I, I, don't, I don't claim Stalin to be perfect, that Stalin was a god among men. No. He himself recognized that. Uh, but Stalin... Uh, deserved the title for which he was known, which was, uh, and a lot of people don't know why he got the title. Where does that title come from? That's because uh, Stalin is that. Stalin. The Khrushchev says that Stalin was stupid. They he wrote. He actually stole from Lenin. Stalin was a very writer. Uh, just his chosen work, complete work, sorry, uh, his complete works, I think, uh, uh, collection we have up until this is 18 volumes. So, eight. I, huh? <laughs> I didn't realize that. 
Yeah, no, it, 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 the, the smallest collection we have is on his complete works. One of the, the one of the, the, the aspects of was the national question. Nationalities, how uh, work and how that's why Stalin became really famous in the first question is something really important to use nationalism to bring about the uh, that's why he received other people because he really peoples of the Soviet Union needed to have and we must also recognize something that Stalin the only man to ever go that was in what we call a, 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 a ethnic group. He was in Ukrainian, he was in Russian, he was Georgian. His native language was in Russian. He wasn't born in Russia, he was born and raised in Georgia. He actually starts writing about the national due to the czarist repression on the Georgian customs basically a process they were trying to implement on Georgia. Um, counters that, writing a lot about the national question. It's Lenin. Uh, it actually beats one of Stalin's papers and is very impressed and sends a letter to them. How they actually start talking. Uh, but uh, I was oh yeah, work which sadly I haven't written, uh, I haven't read, and I really want to is Stalin's because he actually also has books on military. Okay, okay, but I haven't had the opportunity yet. That's all. It's all absolutely fascinating. I, I, yeah. I, where where we have Stalin portrayed as this, <clears throat> at least in the states, Stalin is constantly portrayed as either this bumbling idiot or this vicious dictator who who weaselled his way into power somehow, and we never have like any nuanced opinions on him, at least mainstream, and it's always good to hear. You know the, the more accurate. Uh, yeah, and, and also uh, Stalin's wife. Some people that that I don't I don't shy away from that. I really like Stalin. <laughs> mm-hmm. I Stalin uh, also. I will say. Thank you. In that position of. No, uh, Khrushchev. National reason. To complete, first of all, Khrushchev was to be elected to the Central Committee to be the premier of the Soviet Union. The most likely was Malenkov. But Khrushchev's various deals with managed to get into power, but people knew that Stalin didn't like Khrushchev, Khrushchev didn't like Stalin. To assert his political control of the Soviet Union, power of the Soviet Union, he based 
I was like, so he goes like, you know, this guy I didn't like. Well, he was an asshole. He was an idiot. <laughs> and that's something that the internet was super willing to gobble up because actually something that uh, actually points uh, uh, is that Stalin at the time, right after World War II, see all throughout the world. This was the guy that single-handedly led towards victory, towards defeating Nazism. And so he was yep. seen as this amazing leader all throughout the world. And when this plate of saying, you know, gobble it up, you know, Oh, it's yeah. what they wanted because you know throughout throughout all of uh, the 19th century or uh, 20th century the only real threat to the United States has been communism yeah it's, it's the only it's the only thing that threatens the hegemony And I think you put it very well. It, it threatens the hegemony of the of the. You know, uh, I believe probably. Uh, um, not sure, but <laughs> I, I I would. That's not true, but. Uh, uh, but the United States school system, uh, you guys, is that you know. Race that the Soviet Union was military, military of the United mm-hmm. States. And Michael Parenti puts it amazingly, and I really got me interested uh, in the supposed art. Started studying it uh, because Parenti states, and I, I, I uh, completely agree. It was never uh, uh, an arms race. What's a race? It's two people competing for dominance, competing for one uh, uh, more power than the other, much like war. Mm-hmm. Constantly trying to submit your enemy. But that's not what happened. What happened was Chase. one side constantly escalated, trying to follow so they wouldn't die. Yep. So <laughs> you was not interested in actually. Even that whole thing about the the Soviet Europe after World War II and trying to conquer is ridiculous if you consider the political context of World War II. The Soviets destroyed by World War II. They still had their production centers in the Urals, centers in Belarusia, in Ukraine. In Western Russia, were destroyed. They had to rebuild. Yeah. People had died. Yeah, they, they did. Nevermore. They're just like, okay, this is over. Back our country. I mean, that's and, that's solely why. That's solely why the U.S. had such a boom after the wars because they were un, because we were untouched on our exactly on our home home. We we could export all the materials to rebuild the rest of the world, and we just sat there untouched. That, especially after World War Two, 
the United States really inherits preeminent imperialist power. Well, like to uh, U.S. influence was, but mostly restricted to 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 the American and America. But with other destruction during World War Two, and the massive debts the United to the United States, the United States, Britain, and come in. So after. Uh, uh, their big oil states when control over Africa. Who can always be more uh, exploiting the United States? So the United States also inherit uh, not only is benefited damaged by war, but they also inherit all the countries. That had been damaged by the war. Meanwhile, the Soviet Union was completely destroyed. That's, I think, what really shows the whole thing about, you know, oh, Japan wouldn't survive. Civilians. That's not true. Surrender at the time. But Japan also resisted a prolonged war. Japan couldn't have. So with a continuation of about uh, a few more months, would have brought a Japanese surrender. Atomic bombs weren't meant to make Japan surrender. Bombs were meant to show we're, we're the boss now. We, they yeah. tell everyone how to do it now. Uh, also had to develop a bomb because they were like, oh, hell no. Yeah. And that's why the DPRK has to. No, I, I, that's, just that's, the, that's why Iran has to pursue a nuclear program. And that's why Gaddafi. Exactly. I mean, everybody watched Gaddafi give up his programs, his, his um, weaponry. And then he got. What happened to him? We all witnessed him get. Um, invaded and brutalized and sodomized yeah. on camera. And then what's that going to tell the rest of the world? Yeah, comply with us. Give up your nuclear weapons. The U.S. Yeah. The U.S. has your best interests at heart. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. I think it's propaganda. Even among the leftists. Even the leftists spread about the... Thanks. I, I, I don't know how it is in America, but here in Brazil, saying the most stupid things that you can, can only uh, uh, choose this free set of haircuts to wear. It's true. That is not possible. How are you? Nothing you can implement legally. Everyone with different haircuts. Yeah, even logistically. There's only so much mm -hmm. pressure you can put on a population before it pushes back. And it, yeah. it, it's 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 racist also to assume that people in a separate part of the country are just are just naturally docile like that. They're just naturally gonna submit to that kind of brutality. I was going to exactly point this out, you know, because a, a deep racism, you know, like oh, we 
and liberate those poor people and sit it's some real colonial shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's the case uh, every, but, everywhere that we've chosen to invade and subjugate. It's always some liberal pretext of setting them free or giving them some <laughs> obscure nonsense. But it's, it, it, it all just boils down to excuses. Oh, oh, oh. Getting on another tangent. So I, I don't see a lot of leftists, but I yeah. go out and defend figures like and, uh, Bashar al-Assad. Uh, I, like, I have a lot of criticism. Like Bashar al-Assad, I have some criticisms towards Gaddafi. Figures that we need to defend against U.S. imperialism. A couple of people and go going to defend which I don't really understand because it's a Middle Eastern <laughs> leader that got overthrown by that's we got defended like who put Gada who put uh, uh place it was the United States I like, yeah I feel like I feel like that's yeah that's that's a re reactionary take among leftists is to yeah. is to just automatically support anyone that the US doesn't oh, okay. <laughs> On that, like, but drove okay. out the United to uh, a Trotsky's party. Notorious for having defended the fascists uh, against so-called uh, against, uh, uh, but these guys, you know, uh, they went out saying that, that the Tal that the Taliban's victim. Listen, and they just got like how the fuck is that a victory for us? Like how make us look like complete fucking cranks? You know, just it's like under was actually defeated in Afghanistan. Kind of wasn't the United States didn't withdraw. Defeated. It's just that the United States, they weren't defeated. They didn't yeah. suffer from withdrawing from Afghanistan. They actually mm -hmm. uh, from Afghanistan. For example, they put an enemy in China's like China and Russia. They're two main political enemies. Okay. The U.S. won from uh, like the whole process, I remember, uh, it with my dad, and we were on American CN uh, CNN because uh -huh. you know he's American too. Uh, yep. <laughs> just like two days after withdrawal, the uh, and ISIS, uh, oh, ISIS Transoxian, I don't remember. The, the the cell of ISIS that bombed, and then, then suddenly it was an ally. The United States to help the group. <laughs> it's just foreign policy. I I I always remember and the terrorist group to get rid of a terrorist group we funded to, and it just goes on. That's the United yeah. States foreign policy. And the
exactly. Um, <laughs> how, how, how so quick. Yeah, but that's, that's just the nature of imperialism and of wanting certain control over certain resources. You're going you're gonna to make the, the choice to either support or not support whatever gets you what you want. And mm-hmm. civilians exactly. be damned. Mm-hmm. Um, we're 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 coming up on an hour. I know it's real late for you there. Um, <laughs> is there anything you want to plug or tell us how to get how to uh, find you online or anything you want to tell the people listening? I I don't really. Post. Uh, uh, I believe my ad's probably gonna be uh, on, on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, follow me. Uh, and I, I'll probably link up, link it up with my Instagram. Uh, on my my TikTok bio, I have. I think uh, I'm gonna. It's. But there I have uh, a lot of sources on where people can find things that I sometimes are things that I don't really talk about, but it's good to have there. Mm-hmm. Actually, you can find uh, two out of the day uh, war. Org. And I have uh, do is Stalin. Critique of a Black Legend. Uh, okay. Okay. If there are any Brazilians who speak English, there'll be a couple of my friends <laughs> okay. watching okay. Uh, In my docs file, I also give me steps on Marxism. And uh, I guess the last thing is uh, link my TikTok. It's not linked yet, but I'm going to link them. And uh, you okay. can DM me asking for uh, suggestions on books. And if I don't have any suggestions, we people who have um, on certain topics and can recommend you books and texts. Yeah, reach if you need knowledge on anything involving communism or imperialism or revolution. She knows what she's talking about. I I highly recommend you uh, joining her. In. Oh, one one last bit I would like to uh, yeah for everyone, everyone watching this is organize yourself. Not not or, well or, that, but that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, be it, it in uh, political organization movement. Whatever it is, uh, please. Because that's also I. Stress. We can only uh, capitalism and imperialism organized with the working class. Those institutions, ideologies, when we are and we have a good plan. Please, if you're not, 
uh, stress your time too much, which I know can. Have this party. Sometimes I'm dying to do, but if you have free time, if you really want to, uh, please get organized. Uh, uh, I, I do not know a lot. Apple, as we were talking about the CPUSA. Collaboration. Mm -hmm. Just look up what. What's the language your thought? And please, if you can. Fantastic message. I I agree wholeheartedly. I'm um. I'll uh. I promote the Socialist Rifle Association that I'm a member of. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of good by reaching out to other leftists. We gather mutual aid to hand out to uh, people in need. We also do training and readings, you know, to keep up to date and everything. And we, we build that community of people close to us that hold the same values and ideology. And I, I think it's that's the most important thing we can do is reach out to other people near us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, NRA, join the SRA. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Come on. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Katarina, for coming back on. You're a pleasure to talk to, as always. Um, yeah. Pleasure. It was my pleasure. It's so great to be here. I love talking to you. It's amazing. Oh, you're, you're the best. All right. Bye, my profuse swearing. It's like Oh, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 we I I do it just as much as anyone else. It's fine. They haven't flagged me yet. <laughs> All right, have, 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 have a good night. Bye bye. Just a quick note to everyone listening. Um, I would greatly appreciate it if you all went to YouTube and subscribed to my new YouTube show. It's SJLA on YouTube. And um, I do it as with uh, Comrade Faust, Antagonist Edge, and Terrible Brosif from TikTok. We get together, we poke fun at each other, and we um, critique capitalism in all its various forms. Um, it's a little more lighthearted. We have a good time. I greatly appreciate you following my comrades and joining us there. Subscribe and like. Thanks.